This is the Greg and Matt movie chat. This is Greg. Hello. And I'm Matt. So let's chat. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. And welcome to a brand new segment on our podcast called the Greg and Matt Movie Roundup. This is a segment where Greg and I tell each other about three of the best movies we watched in the last month, as well as recommend other media, talk about recent movie news, and have a discussion about upcoming projects we are working on. Greg, Happy New Year, buddy. How are you? Good. Happy New Year, Matt. So I moved at the very beginning of this month and didn't have internet. So it it was kind of just revisiting light old favorites. And among those, I, while I was packing or and unpacking, actually, I watched the Austin Powers trilogy for the first time in so many years. And it's everything I wanted it to be. I don't think there's a weak entry in this trilogy. I know some people don't like the third one. Um, I thought that was amazing. I love I love the backstory we get and everything. Goldmember oh, yeah. too. I love I love all of them. I love Goldmember. Um I I don't know. Yeah, I know you make a really good point. This is one of the probably the rare comedy trilogies that just every every entry is just a just a a hit and is hilarious and laugh out loud funny. What is your favorite do you think in the whole trilogy or do you have one? Ooh, I think I really like the second one because it's got Mini-Me, it's got Heather Graham. Um, It feels like they have a budget that the first one didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't know, I I just like a lot of the gags, even though they repeat gags and stuff with with that perfect happy medium budget. They just they just nail it for me. Oh, yeah. This really is Mike Myers at his best, right? Yeah. You know, this. Oh, man. Just talking about it. I really want to watch this. The whole trilogy just right now if i had any time any free time i would but unfortunately (laughs) oh man we were taking five courses working a part-time job and doing a podcast you don't have a lot of time to sit down and watch austin powers no it's true because everybody could use some more austin powers in their life i think i'll Um, tell you what the way i watched it was i had a bunch of moving chores to do yeah and it was just on in the background and i could look over and be like oh i remember that joke that one's funny and I think that's almost the best way to experience it because that's true. It's just as like a background noise. Yeah, that's so true. I just I love Mike Myers in this time. This was like the his peak. This was right before Shrek, which, you know, Shrek is amazing. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Austin Powers was hilarious. And you know what I love about these movies is that every movie he plays like another person, you know, in the yeah. first one. <laughs> He's Austin Powers and Dr. Evil. And then the second one, he's Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, and Fat Bastard. And then in Goldmember, he's, you know, Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, <laughs> Fat Bastard, and Goldmember. And it's just like he's doing like the Eddie Murphy thing where he plays like three different people. Yeah. And you're like, all right, man. Or, or Peter Sellers, I think, is more his uh, inspiration. But, you know, yeah. that. that it was also done by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall and Coming to America. And there's been numerous things since where people have done that. So, yeah. yeah. I I also, like, I was a dumb little kid. I watched this a lot and honestly didn't realize that he was anyone other than uh, Dr. Evil and Austin Powers. <laughs> like, it took me way too long to, for oh, that yeah. to click. <laughs> He's great. He He's somebody you, you don't see a lot of anymore, which is kind of a shame, because I always liked him. I, I think he might be kind of a hard person to work with, but, like... Really? Yeah, he's... I, yeah, I, I think I've heard that from, from someone, that he that he was a, kind of a pain in the ass to work with, but... Huh. I also don't know. He he might just... maybe I don't know. Maybe he's just a genius, and people just don't understand him. Or maybe he's a dick <laughs> and genuinely an asshole. He's also Canadian, so how much of a dick can he be? That's really, true. You know, um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad you watched this because that's that's a lot of fun. What do you think of a fourth entry if that were to happen? Because we're now we're now I think as far from the '90s as the '90s were from the '60s, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I think if they were going to make another one, I, I, I wouldn't be super interested in it because right. I just think at a certain point there becomes just this distance from it that they can't really get back to the the funniness of the funniness, the, the humor of the first one and, and get on the same level. Because how many 
great comedies have been made years and years after the original. And the only one that really comes to mind is maybe Borat 2. Um, yeah. No, you're right. And also specifically this type of comedy you don't see anymore, right? Yeah. These these types of gags. Like, I feel like this is the last of sort of that Leslie Nielsen brand of humor. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I wouldn't be super interested in it. I thought I heard, uh, like, years and years ago they were going to make one focused on Dr. Evil. Um, huh. And then that never happened. So... I don't know. They really set it up for a fourth one in the last movie, but I think they set it up as Scott is going to be the bad yeah. guy. But I don't really want to see Seth Green be the bad guy. I I, I kind of would like to see you know Doctor Evil be the bad guy. He he's the best at it. Yeah, so. Seth Green is way better as like a pissy teenager. Yeah, and also like I like the end. I like the fact that in the third one he kind of wants to be his dad, but. You know, I, I always liked him as a pissy teenager who was always at odds with his dad yeah. in a way. You know, I, I, I not that I dislike him becoming, you know, fully evil, but it makes sense um, for the story beats. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't want a, a full movie of that. Yeah. What, do you, what would, would you want uh, Austin Powers, you know, 2022? I don't movie, think there, there's any way it would be good. That's true. That's true. I mean, there's probably ways that I can't think of, but if they just tried to do it the same way, I don't think it would do well. You're just telling it like it is. You're just like, <laughs> nope, don't do it. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like like you said, there's not many perfect comedy trilogies. Yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, I think just leave it alone and uh, just, just keep moving. I mean, also look at Shrek. Shrek, great first movie, great sequel. Shrek the third, yuck. Uh, Shrek the turd, more like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shrek Forever After literally feels like a cash grab, and now I'm hearing that they're trying to make a Shrek five. Guys, stop it! Stop it! Okay, it's Shrek, Shrek two, and uh, Shrek the halls, and that's yeah. it. That's all I want. I don't want any more of this nonsense. And, so. and then the Shrek two bonus DVD, like that's like American Idol. That can be in there somewhere. Sure. Yeah. I think I remember that. I, I don't even. <laughs> That's a deep cut. The deep cut. But hey, man, like how long is it anyway? It's like, I don't know, like 20 minutes or something. Exactly. It's 20 minutes long. It's like, get in, get out and stop. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I, I love these movies. I'll have to give them a watch very, very soon. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the first of your recommendations? Well, a quick uh, a quick couple of honorable mentions. I I saw Days of Wine and Roses, a great movie about addiction, starring Jack Lemmon. Um, I forget the the woman's name in it. She was phenomenal, though. I think she she was either nominated or won Best Actress at the Oscars. Lee Remick, that's her name. Fantastic movie. I love movies about addiction um, for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but this is one of the best and one of the probably the best performance Jack Lemmon uh, ever gave, in my personal opinion. You're going to love Queen's Gambit, by the way, because you love those kinds of stories. Oh, I can't wait till you get to that. I know. Right. I I really need to sit down and watch it. I should try and do the. No, it's not going to happen this week. It's just not going <laughs> to. No, no, I'm not saying now. You'll you'll get to it when you get to it. But I I can see that you will love it. I just I just know I will because it's like a per- it's a period piece I would actually like because ones it's set in the 60s. Yeah. The I actually enjoy period pieces from the 60s. I'm not a big fan of period pieces when it's like you know the 1800s, but period pieces when it's set in the 60s not to mention it's about addiction which i like it has to do with chess a little bit which is always interesting to me and Mm -hmm. it stars anya taylor joy who is one a great actress and two extremely gorgeous so i don't know why i've taken this long to watch it but i need to sit down and see it um speaking of things that have been hyped and hyped and hyped up over the you know, this is this has been hyped for years. Queen's Gambit's only been hyped for months, but Citizen Kane I saw. The only reason this is an honorable mention is because there's not really much else I can add to the conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the greatest movie ever made. It is, you know, it's it's fantastic. I I went into it being like, how good is it going to be? Pretty fucking good. Pretty 
pretty freaking great. Yeah, so. It do be really good, though. <laughs> it's very, very, very good. And we'll definitely talk about it more going for- further. But, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Didn't love Mank. I kind of fell asleep during Mank. Um, hmm. Yeah, so. Oh, well. Uh, Citizen Kane was great, though. I also checked out uh, Inherent Vice, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie I hadn't got to yet. Very confusing, but by the end of it, I had a really good time. Also, Owen Wilson is in this movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little hot take. Uh, Owen Wilson is a great actor. Wow. <laughs> I actually, Inherent Vice is the only uh, PTA movie I haven't seen. Yeah, you know what's funny is I there are two. PTA is my favorite director. And I still haven't seen Hard Eight or There Will Be Blood, oh. which There Will Be Blood, people, I think people say that that is his best movie. Yeah, you know? I I would agree. Uh, um, yeah. Every it's, time I leave my dog from my parents' house, I think, I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. It, infinitely relatable. I'm... <laughs> I'm very excited to see There Will Be Blood. I have the Blu-ray, so I'm excited to check it out. The reason I've waited is because I want that to be the last PTA movie that I see. Um, mm. I know he's making a new movie with like Bradley Cooper and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And I think Benny Safdie is in it, too. So I'm really excited for that. But Wow. I'm trying to watch all... <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I'm trying to check out all of PTA's movies, trying to rewatch them all. The last one I'm going to mention is Little Children. Great movie. Kate Winslet, amazing. Hmm. Patrick Wilson, uh, Jennifer Connelly, awesome. And then also Jackie Earl Haley is phenomenal in this movie, playing playing a sympathetic uh, child predator. I don't, that's a, extremely difficult to do. Um, also, poor guy. He did this, and then what did he get cast at four years later? <laughs> Nightmare. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's phenomenal in this movie. Um, but my first recommendation uh, is The Long Goodbye from 1973, directed by Robert Altman, starring Elliot Gould. Um, really, really cool neo-noir movie. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Under the Silver Lake. I don't know if you've seen that. It's not fantastic, but this this is a great, great movie, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it, it almost kind of reminds me of Drive a little bit in a weird way. I don't oh. quite know why, but it's, it's also hilarious uh, in some parts of it, and the mystery is just... It, it keeps you guessing until the very end. I, I saw this a little while ago, so I don't remember it quite the greatest as I would like to, but I'll definitely be checking this one out again. And Robert Altman is a guy who I'd never gotten into before. The first movie I saw of his was Gosford Park. We remember how that turned out. Um, But I saw this and I loved it. I loved his style and I get it. I get why people love this guy. And then since then, I've seen California Split as well. That's one that I... I'm not going to talk about too much right now because I am going to be talking about that when we talk about the small world of Sammy Lee and Uncut Gems because that is a gambling movie and one of the best gambling movies. Hmm. Um, but ever since I've seen The Long Goodbye, it started a fascination with Robert Altman, neo-noir mysteries, and Elliot Gould, uh, who I, I just... He's, he's phenomenal. He's one of the greatest actors ever, so... Yeah. I need to watch that. I haven't seen enough Altman, honestly. Have you seen any other than Gosford Park? Um, let me take a look. I've seen Mash that before. That sounded really, really like judgmental. For <laughs> have you even part. seen an Altman movie? Have you even Have you even done anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen Mash before. Oh, true. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm going to try and get my hands on Nashville and check that one out. Um. After listening to Scott Glenn talk on the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, I've been very interested in seeing Nashville and some of his other projects. So that is exciting. Absolutely. Next, in my uh, unpacking fervor, I popped in my trusty old DVD of Mallrats, 1995. Nice. I just Kev saw this one recently, actually. Yeah, it's... It's one of those that did really bad when it came out, but then uh, got a huge reception uh, when it came to video. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty cool. It's 
Yeah. If you like Kevin Smith's style, you're probably going to like it. Um, also, Michael Rooker's in it, which is just so cool. <laughs> I love I love every every scene he's in. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I I I don't think it's like any kind of masterpiece, honestly. But also, neither is any Kevin Smith movie. So <laughs> if you like yeah. comics, if you spent a lot of time at the mall in your youth, I guess like check it out. I kind of did before the pandemic. I would I would like to just kind of go to the mall and just kind of walk around by myself and it was kind of uh kind of an experience so I could kind of re- relate to it in a weird way. Um but yeah, no, it, it's a fantastic uh not fantastic, but it, it, it's it no, I actually I will argue that it is a fantastic <laughs> experience cuz it, it's just one of those movies that's like 90 minutes it's just a lot of fun it's kind of crude and raunchy but it's it's got a bit of a heart to it as well yeah it's funny also i thought the main not jason lee but the other guy i think his name is jason london or jeremy london i always get him mixed up with the guy from dazed and confused because they are twin brothers which i thought was interesting yeah it's jeremy and jason london and i can't remember which one is in mall rats and which one's a dazed and confused but yeah, for the oh longest time, I was like, "Is that this, is that the guy? Like, he, did he just do Mallrats and Days to Confuse and nothing else?" And it's like, he did he did other stuff, but those were the two more notable things he did. But that must you know. be weird being a twin and an actor because it's like, yeah, like why didn't I get cast in that? You know, why him? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I find a lot of people who are actors that have twins, their twin just is not in show business. Um, mm. Like Rami Malek, for example. His brother, not an actor, but he does have a twin brother. Right. Um, but, you know, it, that is something where it, where it is like, <laughs> hey, Bill, I don't really feel like going into work today. I'll send you the script. Can you just, like, fill in for me? So it's like a movie is just, you know, one scene. It's just another, a totally another actor, but you wouldn't know because they look exactly the same. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, um, uh, other shout out in Mallrats, Affleck is in it. Oh yeah, so we'll yeah. give him that. I actually put in a bunch of Kevin Smith DVDs while I was unpacking because I was like, I need something light and not stressful. Oh yeah, and so I, I did that, and I did Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back. Uh, I I fucking love his his energy to these '90s comedies. I'm I'm. It's sad that he kind of got away from them. I feel like he doesn't do that kind of style of comedy anymore, which a little disappointing by like mall rats and clerks and jay and silent bob and dogma i fucking yeah. love the style of comedies that those have um and chasing amy a bit of a different vibe altogether but also not in a bad way in a and actually in a better way because that's a great movie mm. yeah yeah no it's interesting he used to get like especially watching uh jay and bob i'm like look at the fucking budget on this like everybody's in it there's huge set pieces it's like only only in that that time and an era could kevin smith get that kind of budget for just like a dick and fart joke movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> right it's also funny too i watched goodwill hunting not that long ago who produced goodwill hunting fucking kevin smith, kevin smith. which i just find hilarious mm-hmm. there's only so much but more <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you want to be like all right moving on and you're like I... uh actually i have a very hot political take about mall rats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my second recommendation is ransom by ron howard uh this one stars mel gibson renee russo gary sinise donnie Wahlberg. Leah schreiber lily taylor amazing cast mm-hmm. um it's a movie about Mel Gibson is like a real estate tycoon, or I can't, I, I can't remember what he is actually. I don't think he's actually in real estate at all. I can't remember. I should watch these movies that I'm going to recommend on here, like the night before we do this. Um, hey, but he's a multimillionaire, and he is unfortunately the victim to a child abduction. His child is kidnapped, and he has to get him back. Um, Gary Sinise is a detective who's also kind of in on the hostage situation and he's taking 
um, you know, Mel Gibson for a bit of a ride, but also Mel Gibson is outsmarting him and trying to think two steps ahead of him. So, you know, he's kind of trying to call his bluff every every five minutes. And it's a really, really great movie. It's got great tension. You don't know what's going to happen because, you know, Gary Sinise will fucking kill this kid like he he has no problem shooting this kid in the head but he wants his money you know damn so sounds like a pretty classic kind of ron howard joint yeah (laughs) yeah it's a great it's a great one to watch between parenthood and the dilemma Um, (laughs) but it it is though it is um because he he's this came right after apollo 13 so he was Mm -hmm. you know on a real streak not to mention um, I think it was 94. He did the paper, which is also a phenomenal movie. So yeah, he was, he was on a real streak in the mid nineties and this is no exception. This is a great thriller. Highly recommend this one. Also Delroy Lindo, phenomenal supporting performance. He should really get nominated for best actor for Five Bloods, but, um, he, ever since I've seen Five Bloods, I've taken more notice of Delroy Lindo and he's a really phenomenal phenomenal actor so hmm. yeah okay on to, on to my next one i watched this while i was editing my last video because i love as i mentioned before i love kind of a life story and even though this isn't a, a you know from the start of life uh it is it spans a a lot a, a big amount of time it spans a few years yeah and it's boogie nights which is just like it it it's so raunchy in its topic, but to me, it really is kind of wholesome because it's about like finding your family and where you belong. Oh, yeah. So it's it's weird how this like movie about pornography can make <laughs> me feel like warm and fuzzy because I'm like, ah, Dirk Diggler yeah. found his people. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, this is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so great. There's so much. So many amazing moments. I think one one of my favorite kind of examples of tension is when uh, Don Cheadle uh, goes into what what was it like a corner store or something or a store. I think it was like a. I thought it was like a fast food restaurant. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. He but goes to yeah. get food and he's just had a kid. Yeah. Oh my god! And 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 I, I don't want to spoil much, but like if if you haven't seen it, but like tension ensues in a really big way and they've already built up why you should sympathize with this dude and like you just love him it's don Cheadle too like just as soon as he's on screen he's likable and it's just it's it's rough this movie has some of the best characters of all time not like obviously dirk diggler played by mark Wahlberg, but also like roller girl played by heather graham yep. we also got john c Riley, william h macy burt reynolds uh julianne moore there's so many good people in this movie that louis guzman yeah don Cheadle, like you said so many great people in this movie uh, the more that i say there's so many great people i just keep thinking thomas jane <laughs> alfred molina there's so many fantastic performances all around the board and and also the fakest yeah. fake dick of all time <laughs> you know what's funny is i've heard he's like kept that um and and it's it's actually started to like deteriorate oh my god which is disgusting but it, it kind of does make me laugh a little bit um but yeah. yeah every time that comes on screen i'm like you couldn't have gotten a little bit better of a prop folks <laughs> I kind of like that it's fake a little bit because you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's true. It does here, make guys? you stare. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I also just like the scene too of that he just kind of takes it out and then he like just a, to make himself feel good yeah. about himself. You know, it's a pep talk. <laughs> exactly. It's like what makes him what makes him feel good. It like yeah, because his life is so full of like strife and stuff, and it's like, well, at least I got this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that scene at the beginning too always, always makes me laugh and feel like just a ton of sympathy for him um, when his mom is giving him shit and he starts crying and screaming, going like there are there are things that I'm gonna that you don't know about and then and he leaves the house and it's funny because he's freaking out so much but it's also like extremely sad and yeah this is just a kid he's just a yeah. kid. He's just a kid with a 17-inch penis. Leave him alone, all right? <laughs> I think that's why the, this movie feels so wholesome. 
is because yeah that that setup of like nobody believes in him and you should just give this kid a chance and he found people who did yeah (laughs) they appreciated him (laughs) there is something i need to tell you about this movie you got the touch you got the power (laughs) i like that he he cannot sing he cannot sing (laughs) And he's so I, I just love so many lines in this movie too, where John C. Riley's like, "All right, like, hey, you own the tapes, but what is on those tapes belongs to us. We put a lot of hard blood, sweat, and tears into all of that. So, you know, that's our stuff. It's so good. <laughs> oh, phenomenal movie. I want to watch all these movies that you're telling me about again. Like, oh, they're phenomenal. Yeah, there's they're some classics. I needed, I needed some old familiars while I was unpacking. Yeah. My, uh, my third recommendation, just before we get into our other media and our movie news and whatnot, was my first Francis Ford Coppola movie that I've ever seen, which was really? The Conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I... I really should have seen a Coppola movie sooner. I think maybe I was a little bit afraid. I think I tried to watch the the Godfather when I was like 12 and for obvious reasons that just didn't really work because all I, okay, what's a 12-year-old going to take away from a fucking Godfather? You yeah. Know? It's Snitches not, get stitches. I guess that's about it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not even as much of like a typical gangster movie like i think mm-hmm. i think a 12 year old would get more out of like goodfellas because it's like absolutely it's like more of a party kind of movie but the mm-hmm. godfather is just a fucking tragedy like <laughs> exactly exactly so i haven't seen any of his movies um and i think I've, i i tried to watch some when i was younger but like Again, like, what's a 12-year-old going to get out of Bram Stoker's Dracula? Um, I maybe should have sat down and watched The Outsiders, but, you know, look, I, I got a busy life, all right? I don't have time to sit down and and experience greatness all the time, you know? It's true. But this one, people have said this is, some people have said this is better than The Godfather. I haven't seen The Godfather yet, or all the way through at least. Um, I've only seen bits and, bits and pieces, so I can't really make a comment. But I will say that the conversation is great, um, takes inspiration from Blow Up, which I was telling you about not too long ago. Yeah. Um, pretty good movie. I thought it was a little too slow, Blow Up. Um, but I did I did enjoy it for the most part. It's a movie I think I would like more the second time. The conversation was one that takes that same kind of story, but takes a different spin on it and takes a spin I actually liked on it. I feel like it moved in a much better pace Mm. and it made a more compelling lead character that I could actually kind of get invested in way more. So there is that. So I I had a really, really great time with it. Um, And I highly recommend checking this one out if you haven't already. It's it's fucking Coppola. Check it out. It's fucking Coppola. It's fucking Coppola. Alrighty, well, those are our movie recommendations. Do you have any other uh, media like TV shows, music, podcasts, YouTube channels that you've seen this month that uh, is worth mentioning? Yeah, a lot of TV because we I, I'm definitely a, a very much a TV person. Uh, and there's been some good stuff that just came out. RuPaul Drag Race Season 13, the first three episodes are up as of recording, and they're awesome. They're nice. they're adapting to the pandemic in a, some really inventive ways. And it just further proves to me that this is one of the most innovative reality shows that exists because across 13 years, they always do tweaks and add shit to make either more drama or more competition or to reveal more about the, the people on the show. Really yeah. inventive and creative. Um, in t- in, just in terms of straight up TV making, um, yeah. I still need to see RuPaul's Drag Race, but I've I've been to a couple drag shows, and they are the most fun you will probably ever have in your entire life. It, so it is like yeah. such a well rounded art form, right? Because you've yeah. got you've got to be able to do makeup, costume, uh, sing, dance, comedy. Yeah. Like you, oh, yeah. you get everything. It's like a one-person play. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, I I saw this um this drag performer. I don't I don't know if she would want me to say the name, so I I'll, I'll leave her you know identity anonymous. But right. I I know them personally. But 
Um, I, I was my first drag show. I was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and I was in the audience and she goes on stage and she's like, you, what's your name? Have you, or, or cause I, she's like, has anyone been here before? I raised my hand. She's like, you, what's your name? And I was like, uh, I do the, I do the classic, like me. And she's like, yeah, you like kind of gives me that attitude. Like who the fuck else would I be talking to? And I'm like, but my name's my name's Matt, and she's like, I know like five Matts. Could you pick a different name? <laughs> See, like that's good crowd work. <laughs> it's good crowd work, and it, it was funny because she was she, she wasn't like making fun of me, but like she was making kind of a joke at my expense, but also made me feel like really great about it. So yeah, you're that's, involved. That's something I love about about drag. So I'll have to watch more about it. Uh, watch more of it. I recommend it. It's it's. It's good to shut your brain off and just look at, you know, artists yeah. in their in their moment. Exactly. Uh WandaVision also, the first two episodes came out last week and it's interesting because I probably wouldn't like a show like this if it wasn't in the context of a larger story. That's where like the the Marvel world kind of helps bolster it. I love all the performances and stars. They're killing it. They're nailing mm-hmm. the eras that it's supposed to be in. Um, there's also weird kind of David Lynch vibes. Like, it feels Blue Velvet like because it's this perfect suburbia, but there's this darkness underneath. And so it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. We'll, we'll see, uh, if it sticks the landing so far. I'm there though. Yeah. I love Elizabeth Olsen. I wish Mm -hmm. I had Disney plus cause I'd love to see this, but, uh, yeah, no, I I'll have to I'll have to figure out something for me to see this show, but it looks fantastic. Um, and then we also put on Frasier, uh, which is a show that I hated as a kid. Whenever it came on the sitcom block, I was like, change the channel. I don't like this. Really, it, it just bored like me. It just bored me. I was like, True. I don't get it. The, the The audience is laughing, and I'm just like. I don't understand what's happening watching it now though. And we're finally at like a point where the show has really hit its stride. It's funny. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like some of the peak, uh, sitcom <sighs> writing that I, that I've seen. So I'm glad I, yeah. I learned to appreciate that this week. What is this? Is This is a spinoff of cheers or something, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And sense. so the, the first season or so was kind of definitely leaning on those, those coattails a lot but it yeah i feel like there's one particular episode uh it involves fencing that it just is a gut buster it is so good it's just joke oh, after yeah. joke and the situations are just perfect yeah who doesn't love kelsey Grammer and david hyde pierce for real right? so for yeah. real <laughs> um podcasts i'm i'm a podcast fiend i listen constantly to podcasts uh lately i've been listening to roger deakins a lot he has people from all over the film industry on Roger Deakins, by the way, the cinematographer for like most of the Coen brothers movies. Um, yep. And also blade runner 2049 and a bunch of other David Villeneuve. I think 1917 as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's worked oh, with, yeah. he's worked with no one fucking expert at his craft, but oh, yeah. he has all kinds of people in the film industry on his show, uh, which is super interesting. Uh, Last week, I think, he had Phil Lord and Chris Miller on, and I love those two guys. Uh, So that was a great episode, and I highly recommend any aspiring writers or filmmakers to listen to that. Yeah. Um, Kind of funny, one of my favorite podcast networks is doing Edgar Wright in review, and it's just great. They're they're just... their energy is so chaotic on the podcast and they have such an appreciation too for edgar wright's work and so it's fun to just watch people fan out over that and one that uh matt got me into this past week was armchair expert with dax Shepard. what what a what a great dude just wears his heart on his sleeve and also like digs into the minds of people in a really organic way yeah yeah i love him i think he's a super super down-to-earth person i've really gotten into it this um just over the last two weeks, it's it's up there with uh, WTF with Mark Marin. But yeah, no, I just I just love finding like my a celebrity I like and just listening to it. And also the interviews that he has with them are usually relatively long. They're usually like an hour and a half or two hours in some cases, um, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's it's great to just find a celebrity that you're somewhat familiar with and then just hear them talk about themselves for like an hour and 40 minutes and then you just have this 
more just respect for them and this this um what do you call it this infatuation with them almost so mm-hmm. yeah yeah a great show i oh, i yeah. can't wait to just scroll through and search up celebrities i like and listen to those um yeah music not too much this week but one of my staples the social network uh soundtrack trent reznor and atticus finch just great for writing you know um it really just makes me tap away at a keyboard like nothing else Uh, um and then also r.i.p to mf doom went back to mad villainy which i haven't listened to that much since i was a teenager but as a little kid it definitely made me feel cooler for liking comics and weird stuff because he's just the coolest dude and super poetic and such a massive loss to the music world um so going back to arguably his greatest album yeah i gotta check out mf doom uh, i've heard i think i've heard a couple of his songs but yeah they're they're great mm-hmm. um yeah also um the social network is it is it trent Reznor and atticus ross atticus ross i wrote atticus finch because i'm a goddamn english major <laughs> i saw it and i was like oh that's that's interesting that guy must have gotten that a lot growing up <laughs> i'm like yeah no gregory peck actually did it in character It's like, yeah, after the uh, the court case, you decided to go into music. Yeah, yeah. beat making. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, you're that. Atticus Ross. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, as for me, I haven't really uh, done as much with the podcast or TV shows as you have, Greg. I, Like I said, I've been a little obsessed with Armchair Expert. Um, really loving that podcast. As for music, lately I've been I've become oddly obsessed with watching people perform the national anthem and screw it up. I've been especially obsessed with um, a video of Jack Black actually kind of nailing it and doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job with the national anthem. But he definitely nailed the Star Spangled Banner. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But also there are some hilarious videos of people really just overdoing it there's a funny a hilarious sketch i just showed you as well yeah. of maya rudolph just doing a perfect um job at butchering the national anthem but like doing it in a way that's making fun of people who overdo it yeah um because at a certain point it is like hey guys it's like eight lines do we need to you know sing like twenty thousand extra notes in there it's a little bit ridiculous so yeah that was so on point oh yeah but the main music that i've been listening to the highlight of the week is uh, i just bought the vinyl of nirvana mtv unplugged in new york i got this on i bought it on boxing day and it finally came in the last week so i listened to it it is life-changing it Uh, really is oh yeah no it's it's phenomenal it's so 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 good uh, listening to The Man Who Sold the World on vinyl is just something else. So mm-hmm. highly recommend this one. On vinyl especially, you know. Yeah. I'm sure the CD is good, but, you know, get a get the vinyl. Be old-fashioned. That CD was a staple of my life as a as a small child. I, I love oh, yeah. it so much. And it never gets old. It's it's something I can always go back to at any any point in life and be like, God damn, the feels yeah the vinyl must be incredible oh yeah it's 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 very 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 nice and it's it's a nice addition to the collection that that's the thing with vinyls you want something that's you know you can look at and be like yeah i own this you know and feel (laughs) a sense of pride with so like it it feels great right next to you know Blonde on Blonde by Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell's yeah. Blue, which I talk about only every five seconds with you and Emma. You, you so, have impeccable yeah. taste, Matt. Thank you. You as well. Um, alrighty, let's get into some movie news. Well, yeah, we've got a few news items, some interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, this one comes from this one comes from thefilmstage.com by Jordan Raup. Uh, Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth was shot in black and white. Uh, cinematography by Bruno Del Del Bonel, Del Bono, uh, Del Bono, who also shot, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Inside Lewin Davis. So I think that's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see what this looks like, uh, 
and what the significance will be to the story. Cause everything the Coens do is so well, well thought out. And so, yeah, I'm just really, really interested in this. Also, it's only Joel Cohen. So yeah, I've been, we've been, we talked about this a little bit in the Cohen brothers episode. Um, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like with only one of the Cohen brothers and, um, you know, like, obviously I'm, I'm sure everything's fine, but like, I hope it wasn't like a falling out or something, yeah, you, you know, you boys. Okay. Um, yeah. I, everything good guys. You're, you're still going to make movies together. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure that they just wanted to do their own thing, you know, or something like that. Um, mm. I think the film but, will definitely yeah. have a cool look because I really liked, um, the, the look and feel of Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Inside Lewin Davis. And oh, so yeah. the fact that, uh, Bruno's coming back to shoot a movie in black and white will be really, really interesting. I love that you called him Bruno. He goes, like, he's like Madonna. It's just Bruno. <laughs> hey, it's Bruno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if that was actually? Yeah, I, I'm looking at his filmography. It looks like he also was a cinematographer for uh, Amelie. Yeah. Um, for what else here? Across the Universe, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. That's an underrated one. I think that's a pretty good one. Agreed. Uh, it's like the only Harry Potter rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. It looks like he also shot um, The Woman in the Window, which looks interesting. That one, perfect transition into our next news item yeah is the uh movies that are going to be coming out this year and going to netflix yeah netflix's massive 2021 film slate will deliver new movies every week this year uh we got this from matt donnelly at variety uh he says quote largely consisting of original productions as well as some splashy acquisitions this slate has 71 titles across genre from musicals to action romantic comedies to family animation Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Melissa McCarthy, Halle Berry, Jason Momoa, Amy Adams, Ryan Reynolds, Chris Hemsworth, Lin-Manuel Miranda are among those featured in the sizzle in the release sizzle reel. There are so many other massive stars as well. Uh, End Mm -hmm. quote, by the way. Uh, (laughs) So, so many. It's just like the I'm quoting for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's so many stars who are doing movies for netflix this year we're, we're gonna have our work set basically <laughs> we can oh, just yeah. this could turn into the weekly new netflix movie show <laughs> exactly right so looking at the movies that are coming out i'm curious because I'm, I'm assuming that you've looked at um some of the movies that are going to be coming out on netflix yeah what are the ones that you are looking forward to the most um, if you had to pick like two or three that western uh with Idris Elba, the harder they fall, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. I'll watch anything Idris Elba does. That's true. That you know, I love. I just absolutely love westerns. Oh, this also stars Zazie Beetz. Damn, oh, she's so good. She's so good. I have a massive crush on her. I'm not even going to lie. Agreed. Like, it's like oh, hard man. to focus watching Deadpool too. It well is it is it hard to focus or is it easy to focus? That's because. true. I, I I can focus on her very easily. Um, this one looks great. It also stars Jonathan Majors, who was in um, Defy Bloods, and he was great in that. So I'm very I'm very interested. Also, Delroy Lindo again, again there he is. He's in this one too. This one looks fantastic. I yeah. can't wait for this to come. Killer out. Killer cast. Oh, I also want to shout out to Wish Dragon that's coming out to Netflix from Ooh. the same studio that did. Uh, into the Spider-Verse, which is just such an artful, artful movie. And I hope Ooh. we get more animation like that. So, yeah, yeah that that is just going to be interesting. I don't know anything about what it is, but all you, all you, you know, Sony Pictures Animation, uh, same studio as Spider-Verse, say no more. I'm in. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, though, that, that sounds like a really good one. Um, I'm really excited to check out Army of the Dead, that's the new Zack Snyder movie. I think it stars, is it Dave Bautista? That's his name? Yeah. I always mix it up with Jose Bautista. <laughs> and then I'm like, I think I think I said to somebody once, I was like, yeah, Jose Bautista, he was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And someone was like, no, he, no, he fucking wasn't. No, he, <laughs> no. <laughs> he was not in that movie. But Dave Bautista, I love him. He's great. It looks interesting. I think it's like a heist movie, but also a zombie apocalypse movie. Um, 
could be could be awesome. Could be a a fucking turd. Um, Zack Snyder is very hit or miss for me, but I have some faith in this one. It'll at least look cool. Yeah, it'll at least have a cool look and style. Um, Because no matter what, he does make things that you can you can pretty much pause any moment of most of his movies and be like, that is that is a good picture. Oh, absolutely. The one that I'm really, really looking forward to, though, more than anything, is this one, Don't Look Up, which stars Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill. It's directed by Adam McKay. Just yeah. looking at the looking at the fucking cast, it's unbelievable. It's That's going to be Chalamet, a classic. Timothy Chalamet, Meryl Streep, uh, Matthew Perry, Ham- Hamish Patel. I, I, don't, I think I'm saying that right, but I'm not sure. Scott Miscutty is in this. Chris Evans, Ron Perlman, Melanie Linsky, Tyler Perry, Ariana Grande. Do we know this, what this is about yet? It's a political satire disaster comedy. Ooh, is this from the guy who directed Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, um The, the Big, Big Short. Short and Vice. Okay. So, yeah, I'm the- just pumped to see DiCaprio do a comedy. Yeah, he's so funny. He's so funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he never gets to do anything funny. It's always like, you know, um, also Kate Blanchett is in this movie. This is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's always cast in like these serious roles. But when you see him in like The Wolf of Wall Street and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you're like, oh, yeah, he's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so many good movies. There's probably so many that like there's no buzz around that are going to be great, too, because Netflix tends to tends to really, you know. I mean, there's a lot of crap on Netflix, but they also do because they take such a wide variety of creators. They, they'll take oh, yeah. anything. You get some really creative stuff, too. So I'm just you excited in general. Do. Absolutely. I'm excited for Malcolm and Marie as well. That I'm going to be totally honest. I really don't enjoy the trailer. I The trailer kind of doesn't look great to me. It looks, in all honesty, that if I was judging it off the trailer, I, I don't like the trailer, but I'm excited to see the movie nonetheless because it stars zendaya and john david washington two actors that i think are phenomenal and extremely talented so yeah i haven't uh, seen the trailer yeah. so that's interesting but i'm definitely going to be there for zendaya for oh, sure absolutely i love john david washington as well you yeah know, say say what you will about tenet um i love them as he Black was great Klansmen. He was great, at, you know, for for what he could do. It's hard playing somebody with no personality, but uh, <laughs> he brought you know, some, though. <laughs> he brought some, yeah. Uh, and then tell me about this last news item that you uh, that you put in here: the Crazy Samurai. Yeah, Crazy Samurai. Uh, Crazy Samurai has. Let me let me just start that again. <laughs> From Timothy Rawls at iHorror.com, Crazy Samurai has world's first 77-minute one-take action film sequence. Director Yuji Shimomura releases on streaming and physical media in March. Nice. I, I haven't seen the best reviews for it, but just as a tech, you know, a tech yeah. thing, it's awesome. And a choreography feat. Like, how, how... How are you going to, how did this happen? I think that's awesome. Yeah. I'm just curious how they're going to move the story along in like a 77 minute one take because like you never see an action scene in a movie that lasts an hour and 17 minutes, you know? No. Um, or maybe you have, but I, I haven't personally because usually of, there's some character development in there. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Part of me hopes it's like slacker or something like we were saying uh, off mic where it just goes from like samurai to samurai for 77 minutes. Yeah, we want, hope it's hope it's uh, slacker meets ninja assassin or something yeah. like that. How good would that be though? It would be, it would be weird, but it would be interesting. I would definitely yeah. see it though. I, I, I don't know. It might not be a phenomenal movie, but I also don't want to judge it on um, on the reviews. One of my New Year's resolutions is to try and avoid Rotten Tomatoes and kind of make up my own mind. Because I feel like when you see a Rotten Tomatoes score, it kind of impacts the way that you watch a movie. Like if, it, if you see a movie that has like 13%, you're probably going to be more okay giving it a negative review. But um, Yeah, it, it colors the way yeah. you look at it. Absolutely. And then if you see a movie that's like rated 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, chances are you're going to give it a positive review 
because you don't want to be the one person who goes, I didn't like it, actually. You know? Yeah. Um, on on top of that. No, no, I agree. And on top of that, I've always found it so hard to put a number on on art and movies because what yeah. I get out of a movie is not going to be the same as what someone else does. And so it's hard to make it, you know, objective, as objective as a number because really exactly. these rules are all made up. Yeah, exactly. It's it's something I'm looking forward to. I'll definitely check that out. Maybe I'll even get it on DVD if it's on physical media, you know? Yeah. And I'll check that one out. Um, I also just like to say to our view- <laughs> to our viewers, um, uh, Greg brought up the idea of putting in some like news uh, articles into this episode, which I thought was a great idea. And then I was able to find one that I was interested in talking about. And last night I was going to put it in our document, only to see that Greg put like the title italicized as well as the source and the author talking giving like a little bit of a summary putting the link in there just a nice way of citing it and then i just wrote for my news article the weekend nothing (laughs) no source no authors no headlines nothing just the weekend i did like a works cited page like for an essay (laughs) And at the end, it just says at the weekend. At the week, yeah. <laughs> like when someone puts all their work there, then it just says Google is where I got it from. And it's like, oh, you dummy. What, what were you getting at with this, though? What, what happened? Okay, like, what, so the weekend, the weekend released a video. I can't remember. Save Your Tears. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Released a video. He's got very disturbing looking facial surgery in the video. Oh. And. It annoyed the shit out of me because everybody is going, oh, my God, he he got plastic surgery. Like, why why did he get plastic surgery? And I saw it and I was like, it's it's fake. Like, it's makeup. It's very clearly makeup. And then people were like, there are posts and headlines about it saying like, oh, my God, like he he appears in new video with major plastic surgery chain and then i eventually i get to a point where it like gaslighted me into thinking did he actually get it so i looked it up and it says no he didn't get it and so basically i was kind of annoyed that all these headlines made me believe for a minute that he might have actually gotten plastic surgery even though he clearly didn't it looks so fake but the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I haven't actually really kept up with any of his music videos and whatnot, but I'm really interested in doing it because I saw a clip of his Blinding Lights music video, and he's wearing the exact same outfit in that video, and mm. he's got, and he's bleeding, like he's, like he's been, uh, you know, like beaten up or something like that. Yeah, I remember video, that. And I think he uh, accepted a, an award wearing like uh gauze around his face saying he got plastic surgery so i'm actually very interested in going back to the very beginning to that i can't feel my face uh music video where he gets set on fire or whatever at the end i want to watch all of his music videos and like public appearances in chronological order because what i'm starting to realize is i think this guy has some stories trying to tell through absolutely his, through his platform which which to be honest probably was already well known before i just said that but i didn't know that um so i i just want to kind of flag this and say like this guy i think i i just have a lot more respect for him for not only is he making great music but he's also kind of telling a story as well and doing mm-hmm. something in kind of a unique way and i i was kind of thinking of it in the way that like Andy Kaufman would kind of yes, do something. Yes, it's performance you know? art. Very much performance art. And that's something I can really respect. I, I also have a sweet spot for the weekend because one, Canadian, and mm-hmm. two, he was in Uncut Gems. So fair. You know, I definitely have some uh some some softness for him, but I do think he is a very, very talented artist. No, I'm I'm I looking say- forward to getting more into him. As as a longtime fan of the weekend, I think you would really like to his his early mixtapes. They're called trilogy, yeah. and it's three albums, and they're Ooh. very cinematic. So like right from the oh, get go, you're you're right. He he has he has a very clear vision, and trilogy yeah. especially feels like one 
great piece. It's not like ballad driven or story driven, but yeah. it feels cinematic. And I think you'd like that. Oh yeah. I'll definitely check that one out. I'm, I'm excited to get a little bit more into the weekend. I, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, alrighty. So this is the, we're coming to an end, but just before we wrap everything up, we're going to talk about some of the upcoming projects that we are currently working on. Mm-hmm. So Greg, what do you got working on? I've got two shorts I want to get out ASAP and they're nice. ve- very short, um, silly little things. So I won't get into it cause it'll just like <laughs> explain I'll just have to summarize them, Um, but look out for those. I'm also working on a video essay about Richard Linklater that I'm going to probably shoot and try to edit by this week. I'd like to get it out sooner than later. And then another one that I have half written uh, so far is my video essay about the art of the DVD menu. Yeah, that's that's an interesting video because right when you just told me about that off the air before we started recording, I was like, what the fuck are you going to talk about there? But I'm also like, there's so much to dig into. And I mean, it is kind of like an art form because, you know, the movie, seeing it in the theater is one way of viewing art. But also mm-hmm. like when you get a DVD and you watch that. I mean, once you put that in the DVD player, is that not an experience within itself, like being surrounded by the previews coming before the movie and then also the the menu that you see? Like, yep. You know, so that's something that I that I find interesting. It's also interesting, depending on when the the Blu-ray that you have was made. The DVD menu could be significantly different. Yeah, um, I, I almost want to just yeah. divulge everything about this this essay because you're you're exactly nailing things that I want to get into. But yeah, it's it's an art form mm. that people put a lot of thought into at some point. It's especially for our generation. I think a big part of our our movie going lives were like, oh yeah, how often did you leave the DVD menu on loop while your family was getting popcorn ready, or or <laughs> while or if you fell asleep watching a movie as a little kid and just you woke up in the middle of the night with the with the fucking menu on repeat constantly? Like it is actually part of our day to day lives, or was part yeah. of our day to day lives, and now we don't get it. Now every menu looks the same. It's just a carousel, and yeah, that's it. I don't know exactly. I I, I just want to highlight some different qualities and features of dvd menus that i think are compelling i will say like when you get a dvd and it doesn't have a menu because i'm sure that you've had those where you you start a movie or you put the movie in the dvd player and it just starts and you're like wait i wasn't ready though yeah like i wasn't you know or sometimes you have the dvd menu on it loops twice and then it just starts yeah and it's, it's it just feels like a massive fuck you like to to you it's to like be i was like, enjoying you know this yeah where it's like hey you know what if you don't start me i'm gonna start my fucking self so yeah. i've always found that interesting um so yeah no i'm very excited to see that i'm very curious i can't wait i also need to tell you um, I, I texted you about this, but I just watched your left wing, right wing horror essay. I really loved it. I thought it was really, really great. Thank um, you. Yeah, it, I thought it was really interesting. I thought the examples that you used were great. Like you were talking about the uh, the Halloween movies, but specifically the original, the 2007 and the 2018. I thought those were interesting discussions that you had about those. I also think that topic of get out being included in that i thought that was cool i think anybody listening check out uh cinemacon's latest video what's it called again like what's the actual name is it left wing right wing left wing horror versus right wing horror that's what it is left wing horror versus right wing horror that's and you can find it at uh, youtube.com slash cinemacon all of it's there um oh yeah yeah i'm glad you liked it Oh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. I, also, a big part of me that I love is the thumbnail is John Carpenter <laughs> in the movie Body Bags, which I recommended yes. to you. So that's there's a little bit of pride for me there. Um, also, talking about your short films, I also want to f- uh, flag Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun, which is a super duper fun uh short film that you made i got like sam raimi dario argento vibes so i, I cool. want to make sure people see that 
um, that was a lot of fun as well. I want to do more like that for sure. You definitely should. It was really good. You were like, oh, it's a crappy little short film. And I was like, hey, fuck you, man. All right. Like, <laughs> it looks great. The effects are awesome. It's funny. It's scary. This shut up with the oh, oh it's it didn't quite i'm like no it, it's it's fantastic all right so enough out of you trust uh, me the way i pictured it in my head it was like a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> nothing compares but no thank yeah. you i appreciate it i want to see more more of your stuff too because you've got some awesome ideas well, yeah what, what are I, your plans what, what's coming I'm, up for you I'm very good at making the idea not so great at the execution. That's that seems to be my my strength and my weakness uh, that do not seem to work well together. Now, what I'm trying to do, though, this year is I'm trying to I have like a five different New Year's resolutions. And uh, aside from, you know, flossing and getting more sleep, I'm trying to uh, <laughs> I'm trying to just make more YouTube videos or something like that and write more. So mm -hmm. what I'm going to try and do is just make more short films. And right now I'm working on one. I want it to be exactly 48 seconds long. It's very, <laughs> it's oddly ambitious because it's, it's not like impossible to make something that's 48 seconds long, but it's like, what if it's too long? What if it's too short? Um, you got to be precise. Yeah, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to try and shoot it on either Thursday or Friday. Um, but I need to kind of announce this. I'm going to try and get it out by the end of January. Um, All right, folks, hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. Also hold me accountable for the I'm going to I'm going to make a date for myself. I'm going to say end of July. I am working on a uh, that's that's the release date, but I am working on this short film i want it to be exactly 24 minutes long and it's playing with time in an interesting way it's it's a project that i thought about i'm not gonna get into it because i kind of just want it to appear but it's something that i thought what if this was a movie like what if you know it, there is a movie that centered around one specific uh length of time and did it in a certain way that's not necessarily like a three-act structure structure or uh you know the the average kind of thing that you've seen what if it kind of jumps through time in a certain way um mm. so i i know it kind of sounds like nonsense that i'm saying that but um end of july is when you can expect that it's something i'm excited for it's a little bit experimental it's a little bit weird um and i don't know if it's gonna work but I'm going to do it, though, because I've been inspired by some YouTubers that you've told me about who just kind of go out and they just do shit, you know, which is something I used to be really proud of myself for being able to do where I would just grab my camera and I would just make a movie if I felt like making a movie. In recent years, I haven't really been able to do that, whether it's been, you know, I've been tied up with school or other stuff I've had to do or if it's just been laziness whatever the case I I miss doing it I want to get back to that of just thinking having an idea and just going out and doing it because honestly that's what I think being an artist is it's just you should have an idea and try it out mm -hmm. um, so I, I miss doing that so that's kind of what I'm going to do with this I don't care if it's going to work if it's going to be amazing or if it's going to be a piece of trash if it's going to be pretentious or if it's going to be groundbreaking and fascinating I just want to do it because it sounds cool it's something that I'm proud of having the idea for. Now it's time to actually execute it. So, so this this goal is the 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 film to be done or to have it written, have it done. Awesome. End of July should be out. July thirty first. Better. There are thirty one days in July, right? I think so. I don't there even know. Be. I fucking swear to God, there. Yeah, there be. is. There is. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Jesus. I love that. It's going to come out on uh, February 30th, so you can look out for that. It's never coming out. <laughs> um, yes, but that's something it's going to be done. I'm very excited for it. The other projects I'm working on, too, is uh, I'm trying to get this thing off the ground called Sketch Read, where basically we take sketches written by... Uh, 
aspiring writers. We also get aspiring actors to read through the sketches and do like a table read of them. Mm -hmm. And we just post it on YouTube. It's a, it's a good way to kind of actually get people's work seen and get some actors to get some acting practice during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's very difficult and a little bit um, unsafe to go out and do it in person. Of course, there are ways that you can do that. But if you're not, you know, if you don't have a budget, it's, it's, it's difficult to work in the restrictions. So yeah. this is a way to do this safely, but also have a good time and get some people's work seen. Um, so that's another project I'm trying to get off the ground. I'm going to try and get that done by the end of February. So let's put that down as well. Okay. Okay. End of February. And last but not least, I'm doing this play uh, for a play festival at my university. Uh, very, very heartfelt, very emotional play. And it's over Zoom, so it's an interesting experience to try and do a play uh, totally over Zoom, not, you know, on a stage. So mm -hmm. that's something I'm working on. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that as well. So Yeah, I'm really probably, excited to see that too. I'll let you know about it. I don't, I don't know how public I'm, I'm able to go with it, but uh, if I'm able to go super public and tell people about it, I, I will. It, it'll probably all be online anyway, so yeah. Okay. Awesome. Alrighty. I'm yeah, so hyped for, for all these things you're going to have out. I can't wait to see it, Matt. You, you, you write so many awesome things. Uh, so it'll just be oh, great you, to man. see you execute on, on it. I, I think it'll, <laughs> I think it'll be, it'll be really cool. It'll be great to see you finally finish something that you start. I mean, you do, <laughs> but you're also like burdened by, by, you know, a course load yeah. and, and job and stuff and and Absolutely. the podcast is yeah. work too right so exactly that's true that's true i i give myself a hard time for not finishing stuff but it's like actually you you do finish most of what you start so i mean that's something you know i so, hope that reprioritizing yeah. the podcast uh and throwing in these more casual episodes will help both of us kind of lighten the the workload and allow mm -hmm. us to actually create more things independently too Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but until further ado, that concludes the first Greg and Matt movie roundup. Uh, you can find all our podcasts at halconmedia.com as well as on your favorite podcast services: iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast. You name it, it's probably on there. Find me on Twitter at CinemaCon. Find us on Instagram at the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. Uh, YouTube channel, Halcon Media. I think that's everything we're on. Uh, if you're looking for any other links that I forgot to mention, halconmedia.com. Till next time.